uh, we got part six. I did not expect this series to go uh, the way it is, and that's okay. That happens a lot to me. Um, but this series is about the frustration of what do I do in these difficult times? Um, we got a lot of negativity coming at us. We have a lot of bad news in the news. We have a lot of misinformation, half-truths, fake news with a touch or dash of maybe something that was said, but then taken out of context and on and on and on. And then we have people getting killed unnecessarily. We got racism. We got injustice. You, you name it. The list is huge. So sometimes we feel like we just want to stop and get off. Get off this world and just pause, please. So that's why I call it Stop the World and Want to Get Off. It's okay to pause and mend our soul. Our soul needs some work and help right now. Yours does. Mine does. Uh, some are accomplishing uh, soul care better than others. So what I've done in this series is try to address a recipe uh, for how to deal with this. By the way, I've also been doing a weekly uh, interview or conversation with some... <coughs> pardon me with some um, people that you know and some that you don't know, and you'll get to know more and more people as we go. Um, first week was with Paul Young. The second week was with Brad Jerzak in BC. Uh, this past week was with uh, David Hayward. He's in uh, New Brunswick. He's the artist who does the Naked Pasture cartoons. Um, and then uh, this week I'm going to uh, meet a guy named Richard Murray. Uh, I was going to be doing a conference with him in London until COVID hit. Him and Keith Giles and I, uh, we're going to do uh, an event down there, but got canceled. So I thought, let's, let's get him in and let's find some encouragement, find some hope. How do we find hope and give hope to others? How can we control our thinking and guard our thoughts? So, so far this series uh, has been dealing with how the world's stress is affecting everyone. And the recipe so far has been be still, which is a really important part. Uh, looking at what it means when Jesus went off to pray. What can we learn from that? Um, fear is a big message these days, and we're called to not be afraid. Go back and watch that one. That was a good one. What does it mean to rest? That's similar to being still, but it's not. They're very different. So that was a whole message and then the idea of being loved um we see the word beloved in the bible and wonder oh isn't that nice is that like a dear sally no it's a be loved it's it's a term of extreme endearment and if we don't know we are loved that's a big deal and then last week we talked about god loves everyone without condition um that kind of well it's it's a radical because I grew up uh, kind of having an understanding, whether it's true or not, that, you know, God loves certain people more than others. If you, you know, if you're, if you're good, God will love you more. If you're bad, he'll love you less. If you're, if you believe in him, he'll love you. If you don't, uh, then he's going to keep bugging you and tormenting you. I, I don't know where those concepts came from. But when I took a look at what scripture says, in um, and, and the last week it was, a lot of verses. Some people are going to say, hey, I've got another verse to counter that. Well, that's nice. How about I've already done those verses. That's what I grew up with. That's why this is such a piece of good news when I see that God loves everyone because I was led to believe he didn't quite. So that's why we have the comparison, the contrasts. And that's why I shared the verses with you. So you can see them on the screen there, right? 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 Well, right over here. I think you're seeing it there. So <laughs> I'm kind of watching myself on the screen here. It's funny. Uh, and today I want to talk about God is love. Um, and that's going to be fun. And yes, we're going to get to Nebuchadnezzar's dream of hope next week. 
I thought it was actually this week, so I was preparing for it, and then I realized, oh, I still have one more. So that was, whew, gives me some room, breathing room to get ready for next week because it's a pretty heavy topic. And the reason Nebuchadnezzar's dream is really important is because um, there's a lot of um, uh, posts and speakers and people saying, hey, this is the end times. This COVID time is a sign of the end, and uh, the, world, the world's going to end, it's going to get worse, uh, and all these scenarios have been shared with us, and uh, the rapture's coming, you know, tribulation's coming, all that stuff, and it, it's all done in the context of fear. So I want to talk about a hope, and that's from Nebuchadnezzar's dream. I encourage you, go read the story, because we're going to talk about it next week. And it is going to be good. All right. Here's something I missed from last week. So when we talked about God loves everyone, Romans 5.5 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You got two gifts right there. All of us have it. We have the love of God being poured into us, and we have the Holy Spirit given to us. It, it's a done deal. That's, that's pretty profound. Uh, then in John 16, 27, For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. Now, we've talked about, you know, Jesus loves you. Uh, but here, these are the words of Christ. He says, The Father himself loves you. That's a pretty blunt, hey, God loves you. It doesn't question what you believe. It doesn't question what you've done. Uh, it doesn't go back and check your resume or history. God loves you, period. I think that's really, really, really powerful. All right, let's get into this one. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. Ugh, it's not irritable. Oh, learning curve. And it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. Wow. It does not rejoice about injustice. Hint, hint, folks. Some of the news stories today. We rejoice in other people's falling and failures. No, uh, uh, uh. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out love never gives up never loses faith it is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance this is the the big definition of love well let's go a little further i want to suggest to you that god is love it isn't an app or an attribute but rather his essence God is not merely loving at his core. He is love. Love comes from God. He is the source. Why is all this important? You're going to find out as we go. It's not an app. It's not just an extra add-on or an attribute. Um, since we were created in God's image, we too can love like God. You and I have the capacity to love just like God because we've been created in his image. We love others and we love everyone. This is really hard to do because we've been programmed to see others as different than us. Us versus them. Inclusion versus exclusion. Uh, inclusion is what Christ is calling us to. 
by our love they'll know we're Christians is a, a phrase in a popular old song in the church. And they'll know we are Christians by our church, by our, no, by our love, by our love, you know. Well, hang on. What is love? It's not conditional. I just read to you what love is from 1 Corinthians 13. And yet God is love. Well, where am I getting that? Does the Bible actually say God is love? Yep, it does. In fact, in the Greek, there are four types of love. C.S. Lewis identified four types, but a psychology magazine or a psychology, yeah, psychology magazine, uh, one of the writers in, I don't have time to tell you where it's from, but they said there's actually seven different words, but the four are the primary ones that I'm going to share with you. First is the word storge, which is more of an affection uh, or fam family love, parental love. Eros is more of a romantic. We get the word erotic from. Philea uh, is more of a friendship love. And then agape, others centered. This is the word love in 1 Corinthians. This word agape is right there. That is the Greek word, okay? Uh, agape love is unconcerned with the self and concerned with the greatest good of, an, an, of another. Agape isn't born just out of emotions, feelings, or familiarity, or attraction, but from the will and as a choice. Agape requires faithfulness, commitment, and sacrifice without expecting anything in return. Wow. This is the type of love the Bible speaks about most. The New Testament refers, uh, references agape over 200 times. Agape love in the Bible is love that comes from God. God's love isn't sentimental. It isn't part, it, it, it's part of his essence. God loves from an outpouring of who he is. This is really important to remember. If we try to separate God's love from who God is, that God is love, and say it's just how he acts, because then we could say we tag on all these attributes that we think we can see, even though we may read it in black and white in the scriptures and say, you know, God, well, isn't God a God of wrath too? Well, listen to the wording. Is God a God of wrath? Well, the question would be, is God wrath? No. But then again, you could actually take a look at the definition of the word wrath. <laughs> that might surprise you. There's a couple of definitions. Often, most people use the word wrath. Uh, they take one of the first definitions, which is anger. Um, but the, I think, one, uh, and just as equal to anger, you can translate wrath into any intense emotion, which anger can be one. So could intense love. Just saying, look that up. It, that needs to be considered. All right. God is love. Let me uh, share with you a short clip from Brad Jerzak. It's about a minute long, but he talks about God is love. And I think you're going to appreciate this uh, really short perspective. I didn't want to repeat it because it's better to have him say it. Um, I thought this was good. For tonight, God is love. He will not equivocate on that. God is love plus nothing. Not God is love, but he's also. The moment you fill in a blank and, and assign an attribute to God that is not directly founded on and in his love, you've committed a grievous heresy. I'm saying that as a spiritual son of a 
retired archbishop in the East Orthodox Church, not as some liberal who's got sentimental problems. The ancient faith said this, God is love, period. And any other attribute, whether it's holiness or justice or righteousness or wrath, if you assign that to God in a way that is not only a facet of the diamond of love, you're entering the realm of a monstrous blasphemy. So said St. John of Cassian. I, I hope you heard that. That was, again, one great lens of who this God is we say we believe in. Do you ever think of God actually as love? And by saying he's also this and that, you know, it can really mess things up. Well, let, let me show you in scripture where it says God is love. 1 John 4, 7, and 8. There's two sections in, in 1 John, verse 4, 7, and 8, and verse 16. But we're going to get to that. We're going to read through some of this because this is really important. If you're not used to reading your Bible, um, this text is worth reading slowly. And I've got some notes in here, but I'm not going to have time to share all, read all the notes just because I'm, I'm realizing I, I have too many slides. <laughs> but I want to end today because we're going to get to Nebuchadnezzar next week. All right. First John 4, 7 and 8. Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. Because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. This is a powerful, the double star there is uh, uh, another way to read the God is love, or God continually exists being love. His essence is love. So this, again, this is right from the scriptures. Let me show you, and I'm not going to read all these, but I'm going to show you four uh, different translations from 1 John 4, 8. Again, we've talked about translations not matching up. Some say some say it a little bit differently. But here's one, two, three, four, five translations. And underlined, you'll see God is love, is love, is love, is love, is love. This is what it says. I'm not making this up. And then in John, 1 John 4, 16, same thing. God is love. God is love. He is love. God is love. God is love. Like, it's repeated a lot and if all, all sorts of translations are saying it the exact same way that should tell you something doesn't mean it's always correct but in this context this this is pretty clear and by the way uh the tools are all available online you can go find it in an interlinear bible online type in a bible verse it will show you the greek words and what they mean is that word actually there or was it filled in by a translator oh my goodness there is a lot of fun and your eyebrows are going to go up and go what um if you begin to do some studying because yeah uh it's exciting so any of you people who know and or have studied um you know that there's there's more going on than what we've been told and uh, bad theology has been taught from uh, poorly exegeted verses, too. So anyway, that's okay. It, we're, we're all on a journey. We're all growing. And uh, we need to be kind to those who see things differently than us as well. So when I'm having a conversation with somebody and they say God is not love, um, I still need to be kind and say, you know what? It's not about me telling them that they're wrong and I'm right. That's a lens that 
that's where they're at. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to not argue <laughs> just because you have all this time on your hands doesn't mean you have the right to go argue about stuff constantly. How about seek to understand, seek to be understood and go with that. That's a good start. First uh, John four, uh, we're going to read, we just read before verses seven and eight. Now we're going to go to verse nine, the light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. Verse 9 could say, or God's love was revealed among us. The base word for revealed is fiano, uh, to shine light. Listen, I believe God shines his light through all things. I've taught on this several times. Uh, God, the, you know, God's light shines through darkness. I believe the light of God shines through everything in creation. That includes every human, whether they believe or not, the light of God shines through and is present uh, in, in, in um, objectively, it's there. Subjectively, the person may not see it or believe it, but it's there, whether they like it or not. The, the light shines through this desk, this computer, through every molecule, like, that's where I find the beauty of God's expanding love for everyone. So he sent his son into this world so that we might live through him. This is a powerful image. Next we come to verse 10. This is love or how love was born. He loved us long before we loved him. <laughs> it was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. How many times have we been taught or have, for me, have I taught, you know, you must love God. You know, you got to love God more or better. Uh, it, it, it doesn't say it like that. It, in fact, it's a reciprocal love. It's a responsive love. Um, somebody may say, well, it's your responsibility to love God. Well, there's no place in scripture. The word responsibility is there. It does not exist. Instead, we are able to respond response able. So if God first loved us because he is love. Wow. If, if this is new information, it's, it's, it's going to take a long time to digest. It's going to take a long time to put your other concepts of what you believed about God and begin to put them down on paper or open them up and go, hey, I need to revisit my belief on this. And it may get tossed. And a new and better uh, perspective will come as you journey on your on, on discovering God's amazing love for you. I think this is I think it's a powerful one. First John four eleven. Delightfully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. Listen, I think this COVID-19 thing has called out the church. I think this, is, this has forced us to rethink who are we? What is the church? Is it the building? Is it the programs? Is it the music? Is it coming in and sitting in a worship service? Music, kids program, offering, sermon, leave. There, we just did church. No. No, it's not that system. Can that system be beneficial? Sure it can. But that's not the church. The church is you and I getting together. The church is us, humans. We're the dwelling of God, not the buildings. The buildings can be beautiful. But please, 
as we just got booted out of our buildings because of uh, rules. And by the way, don't balk at your governmental rules. I know you, some some folks are saying, I'm not bound to the government. I listen to the law of Christ over to the government, blah, blah, blah. Can you stop that negativity? Can you, can you just stop? There's, there's no room for that when it comes to... Um, okay, let me compare it. Uh, look back. Look in history. Look at those who've lived through wars. Look at... Uh, Nazi Germany. Look at uh, Soviet uh, Russia when it was uh, under uh, a communist heavy rule. Look in China right now. China, there's a good one. There are people and believers who cannot meet. They do it in secret. Pakistan, there are people getting shot and killed just for uh, being believers. And the people that are saying they blasphemed were lying, but the court is instant. They they just gun them down and they won't get in trouble for it. So this whining of, I'm not going to listen to my government. Ask the Holy Spirit to soften your heart. Maybe it's time to reflect and look at Jesus. Who is Jesus? Will that cause us to have a political response? Sure, it might. There are good ways to do that. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you. I, I haven't figured it out. I'm just saying what I see the nastiness that I see between believers even. It's like, something ain't right here. It's, it's just not. We're supposed to be loving one another. This is how we're supposed to be identified. They'll know we're believers by our love. You know, who was it? Was it Gandhi? I think Gandhi. It might have been Gandhi. If it wasn't, you can correct me. Um, said it's, it's um, um, oh, darn. I wish I could remember what it was now. He said, it's not your Jesus I have a problem with. It's those who, it's the, his followers who don't seem to represent him well. Something like that. It's like, huh? We sometimes don't. We can. We've come off judgmental. I've come off judgmental looking back. I've been a pastor for thirty years now, and to look back and sometimes innocently or ignorantly, um, there was negative judgment. I was harsh with unbelievers who challenged me because then it was about me being right more than they were and it was not the love of christ it's just humbling looking back so loving one another should be our way of life no one has ever gazed upon the fullness of god's splendor but if we love one another god makes his permanent home in us and we make our permanent home in him and his love is brought to its full expression in us listen this verse is not talking about um transactional entrance into us Okay, Christ is in you. Christ is in me. But when we love others, there'll be a sense of home. Ah, I've settled. This is this is my being, my place of rest, my dwelling place. Um, I know people who have had to move to another city. And it was not peaceful in the in-between time. They had to live in a hotel or, oh, oh, the house wasn't quite built yet. So on and on and on and on they went. A lot of stresses. But when they moved in, and it became more and more home. This is what the love of God can and should look like. The more we love one another, the more it look it will look like Christ lives in us as his home. And the expression of God's love and life will flow from us. I think we need to ponder on that one a bit. I think I need to. I definitely have not got this one perfected. But 
Neither do you. There's more to learn. None of us have arrived. First John 4, 13. And he was given, he has given us his spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us and that we live in him. Listen, all you got to do is say, hey, Jesus, please confirm. I'm having a hard time remembering Christ is in me. Can you confirm this? Pray that. And then you can even pray if you don't believe in Jesus yet or you do believe, but you never made a profession of your mouth. Say, you can say this, God, something in me is telling me that you're there. I, I want to believe it. Please help me believe it. And if you have to say, please, I, I want to believe this, come into my heart. The wording is not wrong. It's, you, somebody will argue with me on that, but that's okay. I have too. I've argued and said, hey, to, to say come into my heart would imply he's not there, which is true. But if that's the terminology you grew up with and that's what's going to re be required as a baby Christian before you become mature, fine, use the wording. But here we have this. We've just been told the Spirit's in us to give us assurance. Moreover, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that Father God has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Not just your denomination, not just your church, not just your country. All of creation is His. We are all children of God. Everyone. Oh my goodness, I'll leave that alone or I'll get in trouble. Uh, 1 John 4, 15, those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God live in God, and God lives in them. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in his love he has for us or in us. God is love. That's what we read earlier. Or God continually exists being in love. Those who are living in love are are living in God, and God lives through them. It's It's visually seen verse 17 says by living in god god has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment and by the way the word judgment the aramaic can be translated we have we will have open faces on the day of judgment for the true believer filled with god's love the day of judgment is not to be feared but looked forward to for perfect love will have made us completely like Christ. Love provides us with no reason to fear the future or fear punishment from God. What, what would cause God to punish us? Have you ever thought of that? What would, God, what, what would cause God to punish us? And we would say sin, you know, doing bad things. Well, let's go back to this forgiveness part. Do, do you remember this long series on forgiveness that we taught a, a couple times? that we are already forgiven, that's not coming back on us. It's not. In our world right now, what I do today, let's say I, I go around the corner, I speed and crash into a, a post. Well, did I sin? Yes. I, I was uh, disobeying a law, and that you could perceive it that way. But either way, I live with the consequence of that. God still loves me, and I'm forgiven. But... I got to pay for that wreck, okay? <laughs> so this idea of being afraid of God, afraid of his judgment, there's a lot of believers afraid of God's judgment when really if you know that God is love, you will not need to fear judgment. Can you put those two together? Can, can you see how if God is love, then I don't need to be afraid of judgment because I have a hunch we don't know what the word judgment means. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get into that today. You can do your own research too. Enjoy.
Next one. Because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Gulp. You may want to write this one down. Or because we are what he is in this world, the verb tense is important. We are not like Jesus was, but because of grace, we are like he is now. Pure, holy, seated in heaven, glorified. Faith has transferred his righteousness to us. You are complete. Your identity, do you know it? Do you know you're clean, forgiven, pure, righteous, holy, set apart, which is the same word as holy? Do you know this? You're just like Jesus. Just like him. You're not him. You're one with him. Okay? And it can sound confusing, but it's mystical. How can I be one? Yeah, you are. Colossians 1, 27 says, here's the secret. Christ lives in you big mystery i hope you're hearing this i hope you're hearing this good news that god is for us not against us verse 18 says love never brings fear for fear is always related to punishment but god's but but love's perfect perfection sorry drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment <laughs> has not reached love's perfection so if you are one who still struggles with a lot of fears and i do occasionally it'll come and it'll hit sometimes we get sometimes it gets sucked into the spin cycle of fear it happens but i don't want it to be the predominant theme in my life i don't want it to be the 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 default anymore and some of us still have it as a default well then it's time for you to hear what we just talked about. Read these verses in 1 John 4 again. God is love. Love never brings fear. So if this fear is coming, that was not God bringing it to you. That's not God bringing you the fear. Listen, God promised he'd be with us to walk through all these difficulties. Those who are down in Louisiana and dealing with that terrible hurricane, you know, God, God's there with them, not absent. Okay? He's walking through it with them. Those who are losing loved ones to drug overdoses, God's with them. Even the one who took their own life accidentally, God was with that person. I'm confident of that. I have a lot more hope for people. I have more hope for this world. And we need to be hope givers. <laughs> Listen, this idea of you know, love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. There are a lot of us who are still afraid we're going to get punished for sins. But, but that's because you're believing you're not forgiven. So it's, it's your believing that needs correcting. Start believing better, and you'll start experiencing God's love better. That's pretty cool. Verse 19, our love for others is our grateful response to the love of God first demonstrated to us. Oh, can you believe that? Our love for others is our grateful response. How we love others demonstrates how much we believe we're loved by God. I, I believe, me, I believe that um, there are people that have come to a place of deeply loving Jesus, deeply believing they're loved by God, and there's something about them. There's an aura, there's an energy, there's a, a sense 
that there, there's something deep about them, that they have this connection to God that we don't. You know, you know people like that. Well, they're just as connected as you are to God, but their awareness of that connection is far greater than, let's say, you or I. Ha! I love this. Another translation, the message, it says, we, though, are going to love, love, and be loved. First, we were loved. Now we love. He loved us first. Please remember, we love because God first loved us. We don't get God to love us because we love him. That's not how it works. You know, you got that's like manipulation. God doesn't need manipulation. That's why the word agape is critical to the storyline, to the truth that God is love. It is other-centered, never self-seeking. This recipe for the soul, it's big. Maybe go back and re-listen to some of these. Not because I'm teaching it, but the content is really, really good. I've actually gone back and watched some of these. And went, what? I said that? <laughs> it's cool. And, and yet, this menu, this recipe, this is a dinner we all need to make. But we need all the ingredients, too. Uh, this is not the exhaustive list, by the way. This is just what I've come to see personally. This is my lens. So being still taking time to go off and pray in a quiet place when possible. Once a day, once a week, once a month, whatever, whatever you can. Uh, taking time to, to not be afraid. Again, that was part of today's talk too. Resting, you know, living and working from a place of rest, being loved, knowing that God loves everyone. Well, that will lead us to also love everyone. But even more today, God is love. If you have not heard God is love, or you've heard it before, I hope that you continue to grow deeper. May the roots of your faith go down deeper into the fact that God is love. I hope that hits your heart. Next week, mm-hmm, we're going to have some fun with Nebuchadnezzar and his dream of hope. I encourage you to go read it because um, it's going to be the primary theme for next week, and we'll see how long this one goes. But we're going to talk about end times. We're going to talk about, talk about eschatology. And how does this fit into the current circumstances? Well, let me tell you, you don't figure out eschatology by reading newspaper headlines. That's one big thing I've learned. <laughs> oh, my Heavenly Father, wake us up to your love. I pray for those who are watching, listening, that you will speak to their core identity their oneness with you and remind them they are deeply loved and that you are love and have put your love into them therefore they now have the full capacity to love others and love back oh keep teaching us there's so much to learn amen all right thank you for watching today hope you enjoyed that um for those of you who uh, uh, enjoy what's happening, I, I, I encourage you to make your online donation. You can do that through admin at hopefellowshipycc.com. Don't forget to join in on the Zoom call today, right after the service in about five minutes from now. I'm going to uh, uh, head over and uh, turn on Zoom. If you didn't get the link, message me in Facebook, and I'll happily send that link to you. Um, and then uh, don't forget to register for the movie night. Uh, we have 25 people registered. We've got room for 25 more. 
and uh, uh, Jen Shaw, uh, same thing, admin will work, admin at hopefellowshipycc.com will work to contact Jen and tell her if you're coming or not, or want to come, and then you have to have it confirmed. I think that's it. Oh, yeah, I think that's it. All right, so let me... Uh, uh, let me end it and say thank you everyone for watching. I hope uh, today was smooth. I hope the the screen worked out fine. With um, I, I made my picture a little bigger. I moved the words over. I cleaned it up. I had some really healthy advice from somebody who's really detail oriented. So I I hope that uh, I hope that worked out and that you were able to to enjoy that experience. Um, that's it. Thanks for all the texting. Cecil, good morning. Brian, good morning. Cheryl, good morning. Uh, good to see you all there. Paul in Cambridge, good morning. And 